It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Talk Recorded live.
Welcome to the Waterman Files. Alone. We are in this together. You are not alone. You are not alone. Grundgriff, you are not alone. Grundgriff, you are not alone. We, We are in this together. Welcome to the Waterman Files. This is Dr. John Waterman coming to you from deep inside the castle today. This is the first hour. And, of course, today is May 24, 2016, and we are 145 days into occupation of our country here in 2016. Wow. Has this been a ride? It's almost halfway through the year, isn't it? Got an update, got news for you, have a guest coming on in the second hour, and uh, got a lot of, a few things to, to uh, remind you about and uh, all the things that are happening around my local Ozark area with the ground crew, nonetheless. We're glad you're here. Welcome, nonetheless, wherever you are listening, whenever you are listening to us. We're so glad you're here. Hey, I want to make some correction to some errors of some of the things I said here just recently about the magnetic field. I said in the last 200 years, it's dropped 100%. I, I didn't mean that. <laughs> it's dropped 10%, 5% every decade. Now, I mean every century. Now, it's dropping 5% per decade. So like I said earlier, the magnetic field drops. Well, it's kind of like falling off the cliff when you look at the graph. It's pretty startling. So let's just say today is zero. We've had more than, well, we've had more than a decade now, a 5% drop. So let's just say today's zero. How many decades can you go? before it's too late. Folks, we can't or don't need to say, whoa, it's got to be 100% gone. Uh, how about 50%? And we start having major trouble. 
Magnetic field trouble. Yep, we're going to have trouble, double trouble. <laughs> and so since we are already like at 95%, we only have, you know, in three or four decades, it'd be all she wrote. But that's if, that's only if, it continues to drop at 5% per decade. There is a good chance that's not going to continue. There's a good chance that it's going to drop at a faster rate, more than 5% per decade. So we've got to be ready for it. All right. One of the things that you may have already noticed, for those of you that are listening to us in this broadcast in Unseen, is that um, Unseen had an update to uh, the chat room. If you have that downloaded app, see, there are two ways you can use Unseen. One is all of it on uh, your browser, or you can just put... um, the email portion on your browser and have an external program separate from email that does chat, calling, and so forth. It almost would remind you of all the features Skype would have. And yes, it's not in the browser. If you're not doing that yet, it's available. That's what got updated was that unseen app for uh, voice, for chat, for everything except email. You go, wait a minute. I thought it could do email. No. When you click on the email button <laughs> in these in, in this uh, uh, app, it'll link over to a browser for you to log into it via whatever using Firefox or whatever. <clears throat> and uh, so. That's been updated. You might also know if you've gotten or watched your emails that you signed up unseen in or on or, or whatever email you get about updates in unseen is that there is a new private phone feature they worked very hard at. And this is different than Skype. Right now, you know, if you talk if you talk on Skype, you can get a phone number, okay? You can get a phone number and call people on a regular phone line. Um, is that secure? No. But most people are doing Skype to Skype because that's free. Well, we can do that on Unseen, just like Skype, but they've got one more thing that Skype doesn't have. Let's say you'd like to actually physically talk privately encrypted by the way one one of the other things that unseen has skype doesn't is it's all encrypted so when you're audio talking to somebody in in unseen uh, that means unseen to another unseen uh, it's all encrypted okay the other thing that i wanted to talk to you about is that now through your email account on unseen you can email somebody. Let's say you know somebody. Of course, they've got a computer if they've got email, or you would think they're not going to the library. We have many people that do that, too. But let's say they've got a, a, a computer, and um, they don't have an unseen account. How are you going to like physically talk to them encrypted 
Well, you, you usually couldn't because they had to have, just like Skype, you had to have another Skype. Each Skype person could talk to another Skype person. Well, Unseen's the same way. It can talk to another person, only it's encrypted. But now Unseen, if you send an email to somebody, there's a link in the emails that you can send where they can click, and if they have a headset on their computer, guess what you can do? You can now talk privately to anybody you can send an email to. And they don't have to have unseen. I'm going to tell you right now, things are going to start getting uh, better on unseen. Better and better. Hey, just an update. I've been to the dentist. Many of you already know that. And uh, I have gold-plated teeth now. No, not really. <laughs> uh, this has been a long journey for me. Lots of health issues, more than likely. I'm sore today, but it's kind of a good sore. <laughs> Because my jaw is getting used to having the bridge back end that I swallowed. <laughs> oh, has that wreaked havoc in me. I'm hoping that this is the root cause of some of this distress and all these trips to the emergency room, but we'll have to find out, okay? <laughs> but hopefully, hopefully this is going to get me up and going. Uh, you know, it's kind of like yeah, I haven't had that bridge that I swallowed. And no, I didn't find it. It's in the Mississippi somewhere. Um, if I had, since I hadn't had te that, that those tooth, the, those teethies covered with a bridge, now that I have one, it's kind of like talking with marbles in my mouth. <laughs> it's like, what's that? You know, what's that over there, you know? And and the dentist was kind of, uh, by the way, this is an awesome dentist. This guy, Dr. Brooks, is an awesome dentist. And we had a talk, and I'm going to tell you about what we talked about here in a minute. But uh, he, he told me, he says, now your tongue is going to have to get trained <laughs> to its new environment. <laughs> And, and so if I get to talking kind of funny, you'll, you'll know why, okay? I just wanted to tell you that. But I've been blessed by uh, wonderful people that have made it possible for me to get this. And hopefully this is the root cause of some of my very distressing, very, um, very scary times I had last November, early December. So I, I'm I'm very blessed. I'm very thankful. I'm very very appreciative, and I couldn't have done it without um, help from the ground crew. One a particular person. I don't tell that, but who it is, I don't I don't do that kind of thing. But they need to know I'm very appreciative, and I want you to know there are people <laughs> in this world and in our ground crew. That's the kind of people uh, that we are. This is the kind of people, when in need, we are that blessed by these kind of people, and uh, I'm very appreciative. Okay. Um, so, 
One of the things that I wanted to uh, talk to you about is um, something, you know, we've been talking about how the sun might be affecting our health. And so let me tell you where I'm going with this. For, of course, many years, over a decade, I have used uh, frequencies. I have a device that has several thousands of frequencies in it. And those frequencies, uh, you know, are related to like the color red, you know, in that red frequency spectrum. Uh, They're related to uh, actual just frequencies or notes. But they're also uh, related to the frequencies of, say, a microbe, like a virus or a bacteria. And there are ways to get remedies or the frequency of a remedy like a homeopathic and establish what that frequency of that whole remedy overall is. Those are all in there. Okay? And what ends up happening is uh, for many years I've scanned people's body by hooking them up. It looks like they're getting an electric chair. They've said that so many times I say it now. There's a band across the head, the wrist, and the ankles. And they just sit there and relax. And I send frequencies into their body randomly. I don't go in any particular order or the body would start behaving and trying to um, respond with uh, some kind of uh, response to it and knowing what's next. But, you know, all these frequencies get mixed up, and they're sent, each one of the frequencies are sent eight times. In other words, it's to validate uh, and to double-check, and it's not double-checked, it's verified eight times what the response is. So what would a response be? Well, sometimes your response might be, ooh, that makes me weak. Sometimes it might be, ooh, that one stresses me. You know, or, ooh, that one makes me feel good, so to speak. Well, how do we practitioners know what kind of response that is? If you've ever been muscle tested, if ever, you know, uh, many of you have done this, you, you put a product in somebody's hand or a remedy, they hold it or put it under their tongue, and you have them hold out an arm or put it, their fingers together and you check to see if they go weak. Um, well, that's now not needed. You can get devices that actually monitor the body's electrical response, and you know all kinds of stuff. I mean, all kinds of stuff. Are they stressed? Do, do they ramp up in, in stress and then drop real fast? Do they stay stressed? Are they not even able to respond? Or does it, like, normalize? Uh, and so we've got a, a, a range on uh, a almost like an oscilloscope that maps that electrical response as we do one thing at a time, almost like your muscle testing, but you're doing it with a stylist. And they're holding a ground in the other hand, and you're touching the body on certain points, most of the time on hands, on acupuncture points, just to determine, you know, how they react, okay? And it establishes how they respond to certain things. And uh, so that's that part. Now we take it to the next step where we let the computer by putting straps on the body, you know, uh, hooking them up, we just let the computer send all of them in real fast. Because, see, the body is not, it's not whether or not you 
consciously are responding. It's a subconscious, uh, systemic, immediate response. And all we want to know is how the body is going to react. And uh, some people, um, you know, all people uh, respond differently. And now you go, well, if I... uh, I know I've had it before, and if I get hooked up, I get a different response. That's because you're influenced by the test that you just had. You have to give it a little time for the body to kind of calm down before you test again to see if there's re- a repeated response. Okay? Well, and, and, and when you do that, uh, the very serious issues always come back up. I mean, they, they all show back up. And so that's why when they come back later, you retest them or so forth. Now, that's testing the body's very uh, electro, uh, electrically oriented uh, response. That's where you find out whether they're stressed with a food uh, or if they're compatible with a dental material, say, for example. And uh, so, anyway, one of the things that I wanted to tell you was having you know, been into this project and knowing all about frequencies, even clear back into uh, fiber optic days where, you know, we have different color frequencies going down fiber optics. They can't be the same color because they will crash into each other. Can we be putting more than one color on that light? Yeah, we can. Now, you might, you have to have different frequencies or they begin to cancel each other out. So you'll lose data. On, on a fiber optic cable. All right, so I'm not unfamiliar with it at the, you know, very practical commercial level, uh, at the health level, and, of course, theoretically, it's almost at this, so to speak, uh, edge of, of quantum uh, medicine where, you know, yes, we can heal that way. But I wanted to talk to you today about tones and sounds and get rid of some of this crud that we all seem to be getting told. And this is deliberately hooked up to our sun and the planet that we've been getting info or information about from, of course, the Alta reports or the WebBot, talking about how the sun is going to create some illness. So let's talk about the sun. Let's talk about something called the Schumann Resonance. Many, many groups out there that are what we, I want to tell you, is New Age, will tell you the Schumann Resonance is rising. Okay. Well, let's find out what the Schumann Resonance is first before we get into why they, what they say about what's rising in those frequencies and so forth. And then what do frequencies do to us and how they affect us? And uh, actually try and get some reliable data about it so we know how to work with this stuff. Okay, the electrical energy from the sun, which is what we're going to be talking about, creates an electromagnetic frequency on our planet. Many of these folks will say the earth, the earth does this, it creates this magnetic and makes this resonance and it's coming from the earth. No, it's not coming from the earth. It's on the earth, but bear with me. What energy 
that we have on planet Earth is not emanated from within the planet to give us the Schumann resonance. And here's what Schumann resonance is. It was a scientist who measured it. And, of course, he was an Austrian. And, yes, his last name was Schumann. (laughs) And so it was documented that this frequency called the Schumann residence existed, and they discovered it in 1952. What that residence, or resonance, I should say, is, it happens to be a frequency of 7.83 hertz. And how it's created is electrical energy from the sun creates an electromagnetic frequency above our atmosphere, an electrical charge, and they come in the form of electrical sprites. Now, in in 1994, there were some pictures um, captured of this electrical energy above our atmosphere as it came from the sun to planet Earth. Now, we're getting real close to what the WebBot, the Alter Report, said was going to be physically seen by people, but we've already got electrical, we've already got science devices that measure it. But for some reason here real soon, we're going to have these extraordinary experiences. And uh, and we should probably expect this, but that we will somehow see this electrical connection between the sun and earth happen, and it's going to just blow people's mind away because it will become visible to the eye somehow or other, like an electrical charge. Uh, That kind of worries me, but that's another topic. Now, this electrical charge comes into the planet above the atmosphere as this electrical sprite, as they call it, and it's really coming from uh, via the uh, solar activity. It's not like it comes constantly from the sun, so there has to be a certain solar activity, like a a sunspot, a CME, that kind of thing, that creates this up-and-down electrical. And what happens? Well, when that electrical sprite sprite hits the top top part of our atmosphere, it charges it, and it hits the upper clouds, and as it begins to dissipate out of the, you know, above the upper atmosphere, it gets sent down into our atmosphere, which then gets collected by the top portion of our clouds, which then in turn uh, discharge that energy in the form of lightning. Now, I don't know if you know this. But every second, let me back up and say it this way, all over this planet, every second, somewhere on this planet, there's an electrical strike, a, a lightning strike. Do you know how many times a second? It's a lot. How about a couple thousand? Constantly, every day. So the planet is constantly being hit by electrical uh, energy that gets transformed into lightning, which hits the planet. Now, 
from that atmosphere to the planet's surface is a specific distance all over the planet. I should say it's a specific distance from sea level because, of course, from the top of Mount Everest, it's a different different distance. But it hovers over our planet at a you know certain level because of pressure. The clouds do, in other words. And so these clouds that absorb this energy from the sun and dissipate it as electricity creates an electromagnetic signature known as an electromagnetic frequency. Now it doesn't, it's not 7.83 exactly. It can vary. But when you take math to it and you average it out, it's always 7.83. And some folks say it's about 7.8, which is correct because sometimes it's lower, sometimes it's higher. And that is Schumann Residence. This is not the ringing of the bell on the planet. It's not some internal engine inside the planet creating Schumann residence. There may be some kind of frequency coming out of the planet from some kind of thing going on in the planet, but it's not Schumann residence because we define Schumann residence as the frequency that's created by the lightning strikes that has a specific distance from the atmosphere it's coming from to the planet, which is exactly measurable. It's very specific. It's the same size, and it creates these waves within a certain, you know, parameter. Frequencies, you know, vacillate. You get off frequency, you come back on frequency, you get off frequency, you know, everything does that. And so we have this thing called the Schumann Residence. Now, next step is, does that affect us physically? Well, the answer is yes. Um, all biological systems in our body, they pulse. All of them, they have a pulse. The heart, of course, has a pulse. But did you know the lymphatic fluid has a pulse? Did you know that cranial fluid has a pulse? Uh, the lungs have a pulse. Everything has a pulse. Is it all the same? No. It depends on what it is. We are all involved in this and, and reside within, unless you live underground, which might stop this influence. We are all involved in a huge electromagnetic storm or field, if you want to call it, and it's known as the Schumann Residence, which resonates on an average most of the time at 7.83. And it's occurring uh, every second of every day. We can get into a lot of things like, well, what, happened, what would happen to the planet if we didn't have that occurring? Blah, 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 blah. What would happen if we didn't have electrical charges? And, well, yeah, you know, that would be a very interesting what would happen if we didn't get answered because then we might say, uh, start hearing stuff like we hear uh, when if we didn't have the moon. Well, what happens if we don't have the moon? Well, you know, we couldn't grow plants. Uh, the forest would die. <laughs> you know, it would be an extinction-level uh, event. Did you know that? That the moon makes it possible, at least at the point this, you know, everything that's set up mechanically on our uh, planet uh, requires us the moon. So, yeah, it could be that critical. We are involved 
in this huge electromagnetic field that is generated by lightning strikes all around the planet, creating waves between the ionosphere, which is that part of the atmosphere I'm talking about, and the planet. The wave frequency, again, 7.83 hertz. That's very low, okay? This is why our physiology pulses mirror that pulse. Ours nearly is nearly exactly the same. It's kind of like if you were to stand in a wave and your body vibrated to the same wave frequency, you'd be in sync with it, right? It'd kind of like flow through you very... But what if you were kind of the opposite or you were juxtaposed to it or if you weren't in sync... It might cause some damage because you're like fighting the waves. You're against them, and that pressure could, uh, you know, whoever's the strongest is going to overcome the other person's wave. Well, if you have waves that are counterproductive to your health, the waves and the pulses that you have, or the frequencies emanating from your heart from your lymphatic fluid, from your crane, from your brain, from your cranial fluid, to your uh, your spinal cord. What if it got wiped out by a frequency that's not compatible with it? Hmm, kind of interesting to think about, isn't it? So let's go over some of the more obvious things that might be influencing our health, and let's talk about waves. I know you've heard about them, but let's go over them, and that's brain waves. You know there's brain waves. There's beta waves, there's alpha waves, there's theta and delta. You probably know about those because we're talking about a lot of times things that are from awake state to asleep or unconscious. But let's get specific so that you can kind of compare. If you've already wrote it down, and I've said it umpteen jillion times, 7.83 hertz is that Schumann residence. We're going to talk about what has purportedly been told about it changing in a minute. But okay, right now, if you are in a beta state, you are fully awake, you are alert, you're really kind of more than alert, you're more at attention, you're more on an edgy, you're very, you know, if you're up there around 30, you're like, you're like pushing fight or flight, you're very alert. Not necessarily calm. If you want to get into a more passive, more composed and relaxed but conscious state, you know, when you're sitting there, maybe coffee doesn't do that to you. Maybe (laughs) that's not a good example. But imagine having your very favorite relaxing drink. (laughs) And uh, I'm not talking about booze here. (laughs) But a very, you know, not nothing that chemically changes your but it just literally you're take you're relaxed you're sitting in your favorite chair maybe you're reading a favorite book or maybe you're just in that special spot in your home that you've carved out uh maybe it's like in your basement with emp uh, uh shielding and and metal roof over your head i mean maybe it's in the middle of, you know wherever that that spot is maybe it's in the middle of uh you know uh, frequencyville, where there's no frequencies, and uh, you're you would be more relaxed, 
you would be awake, but you'd be like relaxed and very, you know, kind of, you know, okay here. Well, those frequencies are different than the beta ones where you're really awake. So what's the difference? Well, in beta, the ones where you're really on, you know, you're like getting ready to catch the, the pitcher's pitch. You know, you're right up there. You're intense. You're focused. Your cycles per second from your brain when you're in this beta state is 14 to 30 cycles per second. <clears throat> well, what's 7.8? 7.83 is 7.83 cycles per second. Very low. You can't hear that low. You can't audibly hear 7.83. It's too low. Because your, your ears are only constructed to hear within a certain frequency range. Okay, next, alpha. That's that relaxed, passive, sitting in my chair, reading my favorite book, sitting in that corner of the library. It's kind of like we went to a used uh, furniture store one time, and there was this leather chair. I've always wanted a leather chair. And it had this kind of wrap-around arm thing, and it wasn't down lower where the back's up higher. It was all one height. It was about, well, mid-shoulder sh- you know, blade for me. And you can put your arms up kind of almost, well, for some short person, it might be above their shoulders. But for me, it was just a little above my shoulder. So I could just rest my arms on the arm. You know what that's good for? That's for getting those Tom Clancy books out. And you can hold it without having to hold your arm. Everything's relaxed, man. The only thing you have to do is grip the book. I mean, isn't that getting lazy? Well, that's that's those relaxed chairs. It, I think the only reason Susan didn't want me to get it was because it was kind of this burnished red. But I love the color. I mean, it was great. Well, anyway, it passed us. It was you know, a lot of money even used. It was very well made, though. And it was big, you know. I'm, I'm a Scot. I have a pretty wide stance, okay. And uh, it was very comfortable. But anyway, that's what I'm talking about when we're in the alpha state. This is eight to eighteen cycles per minute. Now eight is getting very close to that seven point eight three, isn't it? Now, if we look at alpha being eight to eighteen. Then that's the very, you know, eight's right there at the very last number, almost below the relaxed, passive, and composed state, isn't it? So what is this Schumann frequency? Where does it fit? Well, it's just a hair below that. But if we go to theta, it doesn't go that. It does. Uh, theta has is four to seven cycles per second. So between theta and alpha is what the, the, the Schumann resonance is. But, of course, it's closer to alpha, that awake, relaxed state. How many of, us have, how many of you were listening when I began to tell you about the DNA and the ability of the DNA to heal? Because if, it relax, if you relax the DNA somewhat loosens up and unravels a little bit. And if you get real stressed, it, 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 it tightens up. What does that have to do with healing, you might ask? 
When you are relaxed, it lets the RNA get in and transcribe your repair, so to speak, codes to mediate or to repair DNA. If you are too uptight, folks, how many of you know already that being uptight is not good for you? You know, it creates stress, right? Or it might be stress that's creating that uptightness. And that's kind of a, sometimes that can be a little, you know, catch-22. You get stressed, you get uptight. The uptight, you know, is making you uptight, so you get more uptight. And then you get stressed, and you get more stressed from the uptight, and it just keeps going and going. So, you know, what we need to do is quit stressing about the stress. (laughs) You're going to fire me pretty soon, aren't you? (laughs) Anyway... So we have this frequency that is just, you know, one theta is the top numbers of theta, which is drowsy and deeply tranquil and unconscious. <laughs> goes to seven. But as once you get past seven, you're awake. But you might be relaxed at that point. Because at eight, you're relaxed, you're passive and composed. So it's almost as if you would kind of be waking up from a very drowsy, deep, tranquil state. So the resonance seems to be doing what to us? Telling us, get out of stress, doesn't it? I w- it's like the, the, the frequency that the Father made that's hitting us is beginning to tell us to, you know, chill, just chill, don't worry about it, just don't let it bother you, just chill. Ah, that'd be interesting, wouldn't it? If we could chill more, we could heal more. And if we can heal more, we'd be better off, always better off. So as we begin to move into the right frequency, or, and I should say this, if we move into the chill state, our DNA becomes relaxed. It doesn't, it doesn't tighten up in that spiral as much. It loosens up and lets the RNA get in there to repair damage. And we can heal better. Isn't that great? We need to be able to take the stress off. There's very, there's never been a time where I've heard somebody say, you, you've got to be real stressed out in order to, um, you know, get well. And so what do we do? Uh, we try to, you know, maintain a less stressful state. That's what we try to do. There is one more range that they map on the brain. We've been in beta, that's the highest. Then we went to alpha, which is where we are most of the time, somewhere between alpha and beta. A lot of times uh, when we're in the most stressed state, we have lots of trouble with our with our um, stress hormones, and we begin to have adrenal fatigue and all kinds of stuff. But below theta, which is what we sleep in, is 0.5 cycles per second, to three and a half cycles per second. And that's when we're unaware and we're in a very deep, unconscious sleep state. 
That's when the body says, okay, boys, we've got this idiot. Calm down. He isn't thinking about uh, anything right now. Let's get the trucks out, get the dump truck. We're going to be dumping, cleansing, reviving, and rehabilitating this guy for the next day. And, uh, folks, that's exactly what's going on. If you don't give your body time to repair itself, you will become chronically clogged. And you will be sicker and sicker and sicker. And it will catch up with you. (laughs) But how does this affect you? Well, I guess you can say right now what I'm trying to convey about Schumann and the fact that it falls right in between a, a conscious but composed state but not quite sleep state. It's kind of a calming effect. And and Schumann is trying to, I think, intentionally there, been put there, to bring you back down and calm you because life isn't necessarily calming, is it? It does seem to kind of <laughs> turn on the the spigot and cause us to be really tight, man. And that's where all these guys, you know, in the 60s are going, hey, man, chill. Well, he wasn't chilling because of the the Schumann resonance. Okay, let's jump over real quick to this New Age thought about, oh, the Schumann resonance is 11. Is it gone to 11? It's gone to 13. And when it hits 13, the Earth has a magnetic reversal. The Earth stands still completely and reverses and spins the other way. Now, that's what they're saying. Uh, I'd like to be able to push the button and say, "Er, uh, wrong. You know, Schumann residence for 500. You you must put that in the form of a question, but your question's wrong anyway. And what it has to do with is more of a belief system than anything scientific. But does that mean there aren't frequencies to help you? I didn't say that. I'm not what I'm saying is <clears throat> Schumann residence isn't changing. This frequency they're mentioning that's elevating, it's getting higher, is not true. It's not getting higher. And if you get frequencies higher, what do higher frequencies do? Well, they think it's going to ascend you. You are going to be transformed to the 4th, 5th, 6th, 7th, and 8th level of density and, you know, all that kind of nonsense that they begin to talk about. And I say it in nonsense terms because they're not based on anything biblical. It's all belief in esoteric Talmudic lies. It is. There are a lot of things, like we talked about here recently, uh, and Eli will get on, and we're going to talk about this uh, stuff that we did. Here's what, well, I won't get into that yet, but here's what's going on. We are not going to rise in a frequency to ascend to any other state. No, let me say it a different way. Now, I often say to New Agers, no, you will not ascend yourself to a new uh, perfected body. No, you won't do that. And they usually, oftentimes, will say, no, I'm not. The Earth's going to do it to me. And that's why it's so good for us to treat Mother Earth so well and blah, 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 and all that kind of stuff. It's not going to do it either. 
Where did Schumann frequencies come from, the Schumann residence? From the ionosphere distance. See, frequencies literally have a size to them. Low frequencies are very tall and long. You know, you would you know what a wave is. It goes starts at the bottom and it goes way up in the air, so to speak, and then it goes back down like a mountain. Okay, up the mountain, down the mountain. Well, when the mountain's higher and wider, that's a low frequency, so to speak. The longer it is, is low. Okay. Those are the things that we're trying to get antennas in our ham radios to match up to. So are there small ones? Of course. Those are called microwaves. And microwaves are very little. They're not like the length of a football field. Extremely low frequencies are like a mile long or something, okay? But there are micro frequency, microwaves that are, you know, 1.4 gigahertz. <laughs> We're talking about one hertz, seven and a half, seven point eight three hertz here. Well, gigahertz, that's microwave frequencies when you get past one gig, okay? So we're talking about, you know, how many of them per second? Well, it travels at a certain speed, okay? But it has more up and downs, more Valleys, more peaks. And the more peaks and valleys we have in a certain time frame, like one second, is what we call more frequent. And that's why we call it frequencies. Okay? Now, so if the only way that the Schumann residence can change is if the ionosphere has almost you know, half, gone in half from where it was before. For it to go from 7.8 to 13 means that we would have had to have shortened to distance to allow that frequency to go in there almost twice as much. Has the ion sphere dropped closer to the planet? Nope, hasn't happened, folks. That has not happened. So... Well, we're talking about, when we're talking about Schumann residence, and we're talking about, oh, that frequency, the earth frequency, well, somehow it's gotten to, to certain people's brain sets that it's a earth frequency, and that the earth is changing its frequency, and man better keep up with that frequency, or he'll be out of resonance. And that's true. Once you're like we were talking, if you were out of sync with something pounding on you, frequency wise, you will basically have troubles because you're out of sync with something that's constantly bombarding you, but it hasn't been changing. Sorry to pop the bubble on that new age problem. Okay. It's not changing. We're going to get into this more deeply um, about frequencies, and I've been promising you uh, things about health. And there are numerous things that frequencies can do. Now, let me tell you what it is. You already know that the military has weapons of frequencies that hit you that can make you nauseated, that can make you sick, 
can make you paranoid. But that is not some frequency coming out of your your one and a half watt speakers on your on your computer and you're listening to five point or five five hundred and twenty eight um the frequency of five hundred and twenty eight megahertz to heal your DNA. It barely shakes your eardrums when it comes out your speakers. Now that's very important though. It can that can stimulate certain reactions in the body from the ears alone. But don't be thinking that it's penetrating your skin and getting into your liver that needs to be repaired. Okay, don't do that. You have to have much more power. Can it get there? Oh, of course it can. Infrared, they have to, you know, enable the power. It's not going to be, you know, 0.00001 watt of infrared uh, going. It won't even make it past the top of your skin. It has to have enough power, first of all, to get inside of you. Then we ask the question, once we can get it inside of you, what will that frequency do? Well, this is true. Different frequencies do different things to you. Otherwise, folks, let me tell you what they ought to be doing. If, they've been, if you've been on this roll about the uh, <coughs> Georgia Guidestones are the godsend of what they have planned for the human population, well, I can tell you right now, I probably wouldn't trust them because they were written by the New World Order or the, <laughs> the, the, the gang that we don't trust in the first place. So why should we believe they want $500 million? Why do we always say, well, we're going to reduce it to that because that's what we're going to we don't have a clue what that means. Do you know that that number, which doesn't say much, uh, might be all that's related to what they believe is the eventual extinction level event that only allows 1,500 and must be reduced to that, and it's going to happen because of what, them deliberately doing it? Well, they might like to. But let me tell you this. If they were able to kill us with the frequency, which they can, it has to be a very powerful frequency. Well, guess what? I think we're going to be soon seeing a whole bunch of trouble with that potential because I don't think they can do it from their little armored personnel carriers with that big flat disc that they put on that they aim at people and it vibrates the skin and causes people to feel like they're getting burned and, it, and, and they run. Okay, I, I I think they could do it from that, but you know how many of those truck uh, those vehicles would they have around the planet emitting you know three hundred and three hundred plus million people you know by the time they got through a hundred people the uh, uh, the boys that were watching that <laughs> called uh, Americans and the guys that practice the Second Amendment would be out there trying to get rid of them. They'd never make it. So what in your mind do you think could be used to do that? Many of you say harp. Well, let me tell you something. Harp isn't coming close to the power that some other science project we've been talking about is doing. What's that one? CERN. Let me remind you again. If we're being affected by something called a Schumann residence, which looks like to me it was there to help us kind of calm down from the stresses of the world. Come on down. Just relax so our DNA can get healed, get repaired. And all of a sudden, we have this project called CERN 
come in there, okay? And it has effects upon the magnetic field of our planet. We might be seeing some trouble develop here. How much power does CERN have? Well, we've been talking about the magnetic field, you know, that protects us from the sun. The atmosphere protects us about two-thirds of that protection. The magnetic field does the other third. And if we lost even that third, we would die. Okay? So let's talk about what it would do to us. And how much power does CERN have compared to that, even just the electromagnetic field of the planet? Well, let me tell you again. I told this yesterday, maybe even today to people. Uh, there's been meetings here in the Ozarks, and I'll tell you all about when Eli gets on. The electromagnetic field, let's compare that field that's around the planet Earth and and CERN. CERN has as much power, it has so much power, it develops at its peak, you know, when it does these uh, experiments, that it is producing 100,000 times the power that the Earth has that keeps this thing called the magnetic field up. The strength of magnetic field is one one hundred thousandths. In other words, CERN is a hundred times more powerful than the Earth's magnetic field. Now, when you begin to think about that, and you begin to think about how CERN could affect us, hey, you know what that does? That just makes harp look like a picnic doesn't it? We're going to be talking more about that with Eli James at the top of the hour. He's going to be calling in. Hopefully I'll know when he calls in. <laughs> and uh, we'll be talking to him. I'm going to be asking him all kinds of questions for you today. If you have any questions for Eli James, let me know. We're going to be asking him um, all kinds of stuff about uh, what's been going on, what was yesterday uh, significant, what was the significance of yesterday. And his thoughts about CERN and other things like the banks. But before we go, which is about four minutes from now, I want to talk to you real quick about money. Money in circulation. How does that actually affect what the central banks have? Now, the central, the central banks. we got to remember there's only one central bank with a network of those branches, so to speak, from that central bank. In other words, it has 10 of them, so to speak. We have the Federal Reserve in Kansas City. We have the Federal Reserve, New York and Dallas and blah, blah, blah. Those are the central banks for the U.S. But really, in truth, there's only one central bank for the U.S., a fiat money. There's one central bank in London that affects the world, but it's basically based in the city of London, which is not London, the metropolitan city. It's just a small portion of it. It's kind of a suburb of London, okay? But it's autonomous. It actually has a nation-state status like the Vatican. Okay? And other central banks like Europe has the euro, Without even having dirt, without even European Union being uh, composed of a of a entity, in other words, 
this is the epitome of Admiralty Nephilim jurisdiction from Babylon. Here's a bank that was formed based on Europe. But Europe isn't a country. It is a bunch of countries. <laughs> you know, it's just like they said, you know, we've really done pretty good with the United States and, you know, provoking them to all take in their states the Federal Reserve notes. But we've had to be so involved with politics. But really, you know, with our bank, central bank here, if we've got control of the money, we control them. So we're not even going to worry about whether or not we have a United States of Europe. We'll just launch the euro, and we'll loan lots of money to each one of these countries, and then we've got them. We'll control them as if they are a part of the United Europe, or like the United States has each state. So these guys, I'm, I'm telling you this because something's up. It's going to be very important for you to understand what's up. In circulation, out of the central bank, this jerk that runs the central bank, kind of like Yellen and Bernanke and all those guys over in Europe in the EU bank, they have about $2 trillion in circulation. Guess what they're going to do? It's what they all do. They're going to inflate. How much inflation are they going to give? Get this. Let me ask you. If I were putting $1,000 in the United States, and that's all the dollar bills, we've gone over this before, if that's all the dollar bills there were in circulation in the U.S., it'd be kind of a slow economy because that thing would be traveling so fast you couldn't grab a dollar. But if that's representing, there'd be a lot of pennies spent you know, at the grocery store because you'd have to break it down. In other words, $1,000 would represent all of the goods and services in America, those 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 $1,000 would be worth an awful lot, wouldn't they? But if you put another 1000 in there, what does that do? It makes that 1000 that's already in there worth half as much goods and services because now $2,000 represents all the goods and services in the United States. So what did you have? You had 100% inflation. In other words, you cut the value of your money. The European bank, central bank, has decided to throw into the, current, into the European uh, states that per, you know, participate in the euro. They're going to increase the amount of money by 50%. Not 3%, folks. Not 1%. Not just a little bit more. Why? They're going to inflate it. They're going to, they're going to cause the value of the money to go down, which means that it buys less, which means you spend more to get that gallon of milk. What is that going to do? It's a hidden tax because taxes are a percentage. Have you ever seen a tax passed where it said, you're going to get a penny tax? It sounds like you're only going to spend a penny from year to year to year. No, a penny means 1% usually. And if you're 
pay goes up or whatever is being taxed goes up, it's going to go up with it. It's not going to stay at one penny. That's how they try to trick us. They lie to us constantly. Hey, if it's just going to be 1%, leave it. All right. Let's see how we do. I'm going to take a break. We're going to talk some more about all this, in fact, uh, with Eli. And he's out of pocket. Hopefully, he'll be able to call in. It might show some kind of strange location. And uh, I'm going to have to, while I'm on break and you're listening to music, I'm going to have to make a call and find out how he's going to be, um, you know, calling in, if if you know what I mean. (laughs) All right. We'll be right back after this. Is that you, Eli? Yes. All right. Hang in there. We'll be right there, okay? Okay. have, this is the second hour here on the 145th day of occupation in 2016. My guest for the second hour is your, my good friend and uh, a familiar uh, person and voice that you hear on the show a lot, Eli James. How are you doing? Yeah, doing good. We've been uh, quite, uh, well, he's been a lot more busy than I have, that's for sure. Uh, but we've been engaged uh, here in the Ozarks, and uh, he's getting ready to return back to Obamaville. 
or whatever you want to call it. <laughs> Emmanuel City, around Emmanuel City, Chicago, right. <laughs> Eli, thanks for coming on. Uh, we were talking all, about all kinds of stuff, and, you know, I, I said you think uh, we're having trouble with uh, with uh, HARP. Wait till CERN, you know, starts hitting us yeah. more. Right, uh, right. Why don't we start, Eli, with uh, – I want to start with something just to kick off a, a, one of the three things I'd like to get into tonight and have you talk about. Okay. But the one thing that that I want to talk have you uh, talk about is, uh, you know, things are going to get bad. And it uh, looks like it's going to be the economy before maybe some of this other stuff. So I'm going to play a real short clip, and then I want you to give us your thoughts, okay? Okay. <laughs> that was a real short clip. Now that that was a real that was a real short clip, wasn't it? <laughs> Hang on a second. It's supposed to be here somewhere. All right. <laughs> yeah, you know, hey. If you only saw what I'm using to play, you, you, you'd be saying, man, you have to have young eyes for that. Tell me about it, okay? Uh, it's it's pretty hard to see. You know what? I'm kind of wondering if uh, if I got the wrong audio on there. Let me see here. Okay. But, okay, this was the second thing. I want this is the second thing I wanted to talk about. So we'll start with the second thing. And okay. and it was I just wanted to play it so you, I could get your opinion on it. And you know the words of this and it was a song we just started hearing, but let's play it so that you can comment on it. even while we're awake and of course you're in this life and there's no escape but everybody wants to rule the world <laughs> well not everybody I, I certainly don't want to okay well then that song's all messed up then yeah okay, go ahead <laughs> but there are certainly others who do want to and that's the problem <laughs> right that's the ones who want to rule the world who aren't qualified and who are doing their absolute best to rule over us without our consent. That's right. That's the problem. There's yeah. a guy that uh, I might mention. is He's, uh, he's got a uh, gold and silver. Uh, he talks about gold and silver quite a bit, I should say it that way. And uh, 
then he was talking about a fellow that has this website. It says Miller. His website is Miller on the Money. And, okay. and what and what Miller is, what Miller, what he's talking about, is very important because. Hang on, I mean, I was almost out, fell out of my chair. Um, <laughs> uh, he's talking about the fact that. You know, things are really getting pretty bad, but people don't seem to see it coming. They don't know it's there. Or for some reason, they just haven't figured it out. Give me your thoughts, Eli. The economy. What's going right. to happen? Well, uh, the main problem is the hyperinflation of the Federal Reserve note. I don't want to call it the U.S. dollar because it's not a dollar. The Constitution defines a dollar as 371.25 grains of silver. A dollar is actually the weight of silver. It's not a you know it, it, it's not a value of any commodity or anything like that. It's actually a weight of silver. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, uh, when the Federal Reserve note was initially released by the Federal Reserve Bank, which is a private corporation, not a part of the government. It's a for-profit corporation that doesn't pay any taxes, and it benefits only very wealthy Jews. Uh, when that uh, Federal Reserve Bank was instituted, they issued paper money, and on that paper money, it stated that this this note, because it's a paper note, this mm-hmm. note is redeemable in lawful money. So it was really just a warehouse note at first. Exactly. It's just a note to, for, to redeem that piece of paper for real money that the Federal Reserve Bank is supposed to have on hand, namely on, de- on demand, right? I could just walk yeah, in. Yeah. And, okay. So it's just like, if you have a receipt for gold at a certain warehouse or at a bank and you dropped off, let's say, five pounds of gold, you have the receipt for it and you come back and say, okay, I want my gold. They have to give it to you. Right? They have to give it to you. Now, in the old days, the, the governments backed up the receipt holders, and if the bankers somehow lost the gold or loaned it to somebody else and put out extra receipts, all right, and there were more receipts out there than actually gold on hand, those bankers could be accused of fraud and could be thrown in jail. Or if the king was really good, he would just kill him, <laughs> right, <laughs> and get rid of him, right? That's how things used to be done. But today, since the bankers own the governments and they own the military and they own the media and own just about everything else in our society, there is no real law for them to, to, to hold them down and make them do what they're supposed to do. So the U.S. dollar has been hyperinflated. It's been the world currency since the Bretton Woods Agreement right after World War II, which means the Federal Reserve Bank has been printing money day and night, and not just on the printing press because now we have electronic money, and this money has been so hyperinflated in the meantime, we were talking about 1947, 45, since the end mm-hmm. of World War II, okay? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we're talking 60, 70 years now, they have been inflating the money supply for 70 years and to such a rate that, for example, China, which is our primary debt holder, we have been using 
inflated money to purchase goods from China in, in many decades, the last few decades, and now they're holding all this paper for and or, uh, how should I put it? Well, banknotes is the best way to put it. Holding all these banknotes, which are now uh, essentially worthless. They're, but they're still worth something in America because this is the country of issue. And this is why the Chinese have come in and started buying up land and businesses here in America because th th this is the only country that still really wants to accept Federal Reserve notes. Okay? So every economist out there is telling us that the dollar is about to collapse for this reason. Yeah. Okay? Because nobody wants to accept it. And this is the reason why we actually went to war against Saddam Hussein, the first Gulf War, now 20 years ago, was, yeah. Yeah. It was inflicted upon Iraq because Saddam Hussein refused to accept paper dollars, that is, Federal Reserve notes, in exchange for his oil. He didn't want to because take work it, in paper in exchange for a real valuable commodity, yeah. namely oil. Now, wasn't one of the last national leaders that ever was able to get gold for that money, wasn't it France? Uh, Didn't it, wasn't it yeah, uh, sure when, yeah, it could be, yeah. I'm not sure when France went off the gold standard. No, but, I mean, but, it, it, got, it got cashed in our U.S. dollars to get gold from America. Oh, as another, oh okay. another, yeah. Right, well, according well, to my uh, understanding, when Nixon closed the gold window, now that may have been limited to the OPEC, Oil countries, okay, uh, because okay. There, our government, and that is the Federal Reserve Bank, made exceptions for the OPEC oil nations such that when they wanted to, they could take their stash of paper dollars and turn them in for gold, okay? That mm -hmm. ended in 1971 when Richard Nixon closed the gold window. And people may remember that, that there were long lines at gas stations because gas was unavailable. Well, this was because the Arab nations felt they had been betrayed, that they actually were betrayed. They were stabbed in the back because they were told, they were told by the, our Federal Reserve Bank and by our government that uh, they could always trade in this paper money for actual gold and silver. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, when they realized that the, our paper money was starting to inflate so badly that they didn't want it anymore, they, they wanted to take it in and exchange it for gold and silver. But when Nixon closed the gold window, that ended, that ended totally the convertibility of Federal Reserve notes into gold and silver. Now it's just pure fiat inflation ever since nonstop. Didn't a, okay. didn't a ruthless uh, Zionist Jew uh, by the name of Kissinger have something to do with that? Oh, well, you certainly did. He, yeah, he certainly did. But even uh, above him were the, was the chairman of the Federal Reserve Bank. I don't know who it was at that time. But uh, the Federal Reserve Bank has always been chaired by Jews related to working for the Bank of England, the House of Rothschild. So basically what we have is very, the wealthiest Jews on the planet making these decisions. Uh, Kissinger is nothing but their mouthpiece. And, uh, you know, and even the Federal Reserve chairman is nothing but a mouthpiece for the Bank of England uh, and the House of Rothschild. Okay. Well, these central banks seem to be very allergic to real money, don't they? Well, well, here it is. No, actually, they love real money. That's why they <laughs> not, for, 
Well, the real money as far as letting us have it, though. Yeah. And real money is called specie. Specie means gold and silver. And there you sometimes, go. It can, sometimes it can refer to, you know, a hard commodity, even copper. You know, something that has mm-hmm. intrinsic mm-hmm. value, has marketable value. Paper money does not have marketable value. It has no intrinsic value except for the fact that people, because it has numbers printed on it, and people believe that it actually has that value, but but it's really a confidence game. It's like Monopoly money. You play the game of Monopoly, and you have denominations of paper money in, in different, you know, ten, five, tens, fifteens, twenties, or whatever. And uh, so people get used to the idea that this paper money actually has value, but it's only a confidence game. And it, because what happened was after the Federal Reserve Bank started issuing these uh, dollar, I have a, actually have a $50 bill, Federal Reserve note, from the 1930s. I believe it was issued in 1932. And it said this, this note is, is redeemable for $50 in real, in real wow. money. Okay? Yeah. So yeah. after a while, after they got the people used to handling paper money and believing in paper money, then they, they failed. And then the next issue failed to note that it was redeemable in real money. Now it just says uh, uh, redeemable. Uh, it didn't even say redeemable. This note is public tender, <laughs> right, for uh, all you know, exchanges. Okay? Well, that must be... That must be why Utah's new law called the Legal Tender and Species Act right. uh, was created, which now has brought us UPMA and about right. four other associations that are uh, saying, hey, if you don't want to use Federal Reserve notes, right. you know, we can help. Yeah. Yeah. So that, but So you're talking about once they took it off of the warehouse receipt type of status, it really really became pretty worthless, huh? Yes. It was no longer redeemable in real money, okay? So they, they, but they needed that interim, so from 1913, when the Federal Reserve Bank was created. Oh, yeah, 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 they need to start that way. Right, so it took them about uh, 33, uh, a little, uh, 16 years, 16 years, (laughs) Uh, you know, they had to fool the American people that that this paper money was redeemable in specie, <laughs> in gold and silver, and then they quietly re- removed the redeemability clause on that paper money, and it's no longer redeemable. And nobody, the, the American people didn't notice. Now it's just fiat money. Okay. Well, I want to play a, a clip about what's happening to our economy, and... Uh, I want you to comment about it and relate it to the end times and prophetically if you want to. Here we go. Okay. Well, guess what? It's not going to play. <laughs> okay. What it was basically saying, well, you know, that's how it goes. I'll play it in a little bit, okay? I'll get it fixed yeah. while we're talking. Well, basically what it's saying is um, things are – we're having trouble. And yeah. things that like uh, uh, people are having trouble paying their bills, you know, 
Yeah. And uh, students are really lots of defaults on uh, right on on student loans. So the question has to be, why would a student want to default on a student loan? It's not by choice, is it? Tell us what's going on. Well, actually, it's gotten to the point where the the majority of students aren't able to repay the loans that they receive to go to college. And mm-hmm. uh, but that's fine. the bankers are perfectly happy with that because the real reason they want students to go to college is to be indoctrinated into the new world order and the uh, hierarchical, or I should say, dictatorial style of government uh, that what the new world order is. Okay, and that's why I thought they. I thought they wanted him to learn something to yeah, make money. <laughs> well, the, the bankers don't care if the students learn anything as long as they become, uh, you know, uh, cogs in the wheel, you know, <laughs> like that, that, that song by Pink Floyd. You know, we don't need your education, right? Yeah, and, yeah, and yeah. Showed students being um, uh, thrown into the meat grinder, right? That's uh, Those students are nothing but uh, vehicles for the uh, propagation of ever more debt. Okay, mm-hmm. and this is what the Bank of England, the Federal Reserve Bank, and all bankers really want because they control the amount of money in circulation that they want to get everybody in debt and thereby, thereby be debt slaves to them. Okay, they know that of any individual who defaults on his or her debt is be going is going to be a pauper. So debt pauperizes people. And that's the deliberate intention. So while they're creating money, they, they themselves become ever wealthier and wealthier. The Rothschilds are, in fact, trillionaires, if not quadrillionaires by now. This process of lending money into circulation and deep people defaulting on it, and maybe you were wealthy enough to buy a home and you almost got it paid off, but then you, you, you lost your job. And then you couldn't pay it off, and then your home got foreclosed on, and it became the property of the bank. Okay? Well, I thought all these—I thought all these people were just lazy and didn't want to work anymore, and just wanted to, you know. Uh, well, no. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's and I thought students just went and got a uh, uh, went to college because they're lazy, and right. they didn't want to, you know, do anything. And so when they graduated, they really didn't want to play their bills. You know that yeah. it's. Well, yeah, some of them are savvy and have caught on to how this game actually works and yeah. do actually enter college with that in mind, with the intention oh, well, of defaulting yeah. and knowing that the, the, <laughs> the bank, nothing's going to happen to them legally. All right? But most, yeah, college, yeah. Yeah, most students actually go to college expecting to learn something, whether but they don't realize that all they're going to learn is uh, homosexuality, feminism, uh, socialism, <laughs> communism, and uh, how to be a good welfare recipient, right? Well, and, I finally uh, got it working. Well, I finally got it working. So here we go. We're gonna, <laughs> we're gonna. Hopefully, yeah. this will work this time. Here we go. Okay. Tell me what you think. Okay. Oh come on! Here we go. <laughs> uh, you know what? It's just, it's just not my day for some yeah. reason. Yeah. <laughs> have you have you ever had one of those days? Yeah, uh, yeah, it happens to everybody. <laughs> I, I I get I I don't have time to fix it again. Okay, yeah, well, not not fix it again. Yeah, your presentation today went very very well. It's just your electronics aren't working. <laughs> 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 so 
So well, let's let's talk about let's let's uh, talk about the uh, the the significance of this with our uh, the end times in the future of our country. What, what, yeah. How does how does this fit into it, and what should we expect? Well, uh, the interesting thing in the Bible, per se. Uh, we're talking the extant King James Version that had the Apocrypha removed in the uh, mid-1700s. The Apocrypha were an original part of the 1611 King James Bible. And it did contain the book of uh, the books of Esdras, 1st and 2nd Esdras, okay, which is the same prophet known as Ezra in the Old Testament. In 2nd in Esdras, there is a prophecy that states that there will be a day when food becomes so cheap that the people will think that the that uh, the kingdom has already come, <laughs> right? Oh, that'd, that'd okay. be interesting. This is the, the Bible itself doesn't make that many economic statements, to, but it does talk about people throwing their gold and silver out in the streets because of the, even the gold and silver. Oh yeah, yeah, I remember that. Paid. I remember that. Yeah. yeah. Even the gold and silver will no longer have any value. But that's only when there's an absolute total collapse of everything. The global economy, nothing is working, and everybody's back to uh, you better have food in your pantry and water in your in your uh, you know, well won't be, probably won't be available from your taps anymore. So you better have some five gallon bottle of water uh, some hidden somewhere where nobody's going to steal it, and you better have <laughs> some bullets to defend your food, your property, and your water, okay? There you go. That's how bad it's going to get. You know, I had a dentist, and I didn't tell him today because I didn't have time, but I had a dentist tell me, um, we got to talking, and he said, you know, I read a book called One Second After. Okay. And he says, wow. He says, (laughs) and EMP Pulse takes society down. He says, here in in town here means that in one day everything will be gone. And uh, Things and uh, you know you can't eat gold uh, unless you want to make bullets out of it, which you might want to do yeah. after it's not very spendable. Yeah, it might be might be you know easy to do since lead may be kind of hard to get. You know. Yeah, yeah, but but getting back to Second Ezra, mm-hmm. it says that the, the day will come when food is so cheap that everybody will think that paradise has come, but then there will be uh, then all of a sudden prices will. Uh, become so high that the people wonder what the heck's going on. And then, so uh, <sighs> overnight, they will change their point of view from paradise to hell, right? <laughs> and and they'll be right about that. So that's because, coming. So you're saying that's what's next? Yes. Is that's that right? That's and, right. And, and we we have been in this very cheap food period. Well, it's not getting che- cheaper. Well, now the prices are starting to go up. And yeah. why? Because the Federal Reserve note has been inflated so much that it can't, you know, they can't, uh, oh, this is this way. In the 1960s, for let's say $15,000, you could get a Cadillac made of, it actually had metal bumpers with, with <laughs> chrome plated, right? Yeah. And the whole yeah. thing was made out of steel, right? Well, the only way they could keep up with inflation or, or, or hide inflation to keep the price of cars down was to start making them out of plastic, right? So your bumpers are now plastic. Uh, they they cheapify everything. They they improve 
uh, how should I put it? They improve the cheapness of the product, and uh, the people don't realize that they're getting a far inferior product. Today, a car has hardly any. It has no chrome, right, for one thing. You don't even have white wall tires anymore, <laughs> right? Run, run in, take one of these new cars and run into a 1959 Oldsmobile and find out what oh, happened. Oh, right? yeah, the, the 59 Oldsmobile will, will run over the new car like a tank, right? <laughs> but you can see, try buying a car like that today that was oh, made yeah. like a 1960s Cadillac, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. It cost you two or $300,000 to make a car like that. So, but this is just really goes to show you that these technological improvements have hidden, masked the actual inflation that's going on. What drives this inflation? Well, it's two things. I call it the welfare warfare state. The Federal Reserve Bank uh, prints money, creates money out of nothing, so simply by creating on a, a computer screen or by printing a, a dollar bill in the various denominations to pay for the the soldiers, the uh, military-industrial complex, all the government officials that are involved in promoting war, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So this money that recalled, the last president that even talked about balancing the budget was Bill Clinton sometime back around 1996. We got somebody in the chat room. You know, you're talking about, you know, cutting it back, cutting it back. Yeah, and 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 this person's right. Uh, you don't even get a real tire anymore. It's like yeah. you know the spare you get's kind of like well, it's good for fifty miles, you know. Right, <laughs> or it's a retread, you know, or it's made from yeah. ground up old tires, right? Uh, so oh. this is how. So every industry has figured out a way to cheapify, for lack of a better expression to cheapify their product to keep the price down because otherwise the inflation would show. The same thing has happened to cereal boxes. Uh, The cereal boxes used to contain, I haven't eaten cereal in a long time, but I remember that the cereal boxes were really heavy, right? You picked the the cereal box off the shelf, big boxes, it was heavy. So instead of changing the size of the box, they just put half as much stuff in it, right? <laughs> it's no longer as heavy. This is how they mask inflation, okay? But the reality is that everything is increasing in price dramatically, and uh, since, since countries like China, Iraq, Iran, uh, Libya, and many others have stopped accepting the Federal Reserve note as money, they don't accept it as money anymore, and the, now the whole rest of the world is now beginning to follow suit. And other economies like Venezuela, Greece, and Portugal, Italy, their economies are collapsing too. There's no way to prop up the dollar anymore. Oh, I just okay. heard one. I don't know what food commodity it was in Venezuela. I, it, today it like went up 900%. Can you imagine? Yeah. Yes. And that's that's just the beginning because... It's going to be a domino effect because if Venezuela, as Venezuela is an oil-rich country. Oh, I wonder if that has anything to do with this attack. Well, yeah. In the takeover well, of the country, you know, hey, yeah. uh, we'll help you out, you know. Yeah. Give us your oil. Well, yeah, the, the government basically profits from the oil in Venezuela. How can they go bankrupt? 
I mean, they've got to be really bad uh, managers of their economy if they can't survive on these oil profits. They should be able to, right? Mm-hmm. But here, here again, you have a socialist country, and socialism means corrupt. You have all of these communist-style dictators who simply skim off the top and keep the money for themselves, buy mansions, uh, buy gold and silver, <laughs> gold-plated <laughs> Cadillac, right? Like uh, some king in Nigeria did. And I uh, like the uh, oil barons, oil shakers. Oh, yeah, yeah the Saudis. They do that all the time. Right? right? But what yeah. do we get out of that? Nothing, nothing. Nothing. We don't get that. We go in debt. Yeah, right. So uh, so they, they're managing their economy so badly that they can't even now feed their own people. So in Venezuela, where everything was cheap, uh, probably up until the late 1990s, uh, now all hell has broken loose, and as you just said, it's no longer, food is no longer cheap. And, and, so we're, and that's a commodity. That's a valuable yeah. commodity. Food's a commodity. Uh, again, uh, the chat room's got something very significant here. Cornmeal's a commodity. It's worth something. You can eat it, right? Right. They, they said on Monday, cornmeal went from 19 to 190 Whoa. Per kilo, per kilo, wow, okay. in one day. That's what. That's yeah. a hundred fold. Yeah, ten times. No, from uh, well, from nineteen hundred times. Yeah. Well, it'd be ten times. Ten times as yeah. much. So, uh, but that's just in one day, right? So it could go get worse tomorrow. Why? Why would it be so expensive? Well, because there's the increased demand. Now you have ten people fighting over one loaf of bread or even one slice of bread. Okay, and uh, this has happened before. This happened in, Vi- in Weimar, Germany, where the Jews, after the Vi- Versailles Treaty, uh, took everything away from the German people and, and started hyper- hyperinflating the Deutsche Mark. Okay? okay, now that was deliberate. That was deliberately planned by the international Jewish bankers because they wanted to punish the German people for their involvement in World War One. But what's yeah. happening today is not planned. What's happening today is a direct result of the hyperinflation of the dollar since uh, the uh, uh, since World War II. Okay, incredible. incredible. That's, that's what's happening. Now you have a you have a website, and I want you to give it out uh, the kill the bank one, right? Right. Well, I'm going to drop the kill the bank site. Um, I'm moving all those articles over to Anglo-Saxon Israel. Okay. Oh, okay. So uh, whatever is worth keeping there. But you brought up the word kill the bank. Uh, it was Andrew Jackson who coined that term. In fact, that's his epitaph. That, that that expression is written on his tombstone. And he was very proud of the fact that he killed the second bank of the United States, which was, again, a Jewish-controlled bank, which was causing uh, an inflationary spirals, and then when they pull the money out of circulation, they were causing depressions. So the, the cycle of inflation, depression, inflation, depression has always been deliberately caused by the bankers. It has never been by accident. Okay? However, mm-hmm. today, today it is out of their control because they, they, they can't... If they pull the money out of circulation, then prices collapse and nobody can buy anything or sell anything. We would go back to a barter situation. That's what's happening in Venezuela. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, yesterday, 
we got together and changing the topic on you, but not really because doesn't this look like it's fitting right into a very, uh, you know, methodic end-time end scenario right before, so to speak, yeah. all hell is supposed to break loose. This little economic inflationary period is supposed to occur, right? Right, right. Well, uh, let me give people a bit of background on the you know, end-time scenario. Uh, okay. The book of Revelation doesn't talk about economics too much. It does say in Revelation chapter 20 that the beast, which is Mystery Babylon, and Mystery Babylon is the Jew world order, the, you know, the empire of merchants, which is running the world today, and of course we know it's headed by the House of Rothschild, the city of bankers within the city of London. Yeah, I think it's a, like a square mile of nothing but banks and financial houses, and, and it's all controlled by the Rothschild family. Okay, and the banks like Chase Manhattan and Goldman Sachs, Lehman Brothers, all these big banks have branch offices in the city. In the city. Now, uh, the, the book of Revelation does refer to the fact that there are three evil spirits like frogs that will cause havoc in the end times. And those, in my opinion, one of them is that, that city, that financial district in the city of London. Another independent city like that is the Vatican. And, the, and another is uh, the, uh, Washington, D.C. So with those three, you have the financial world, the military control of the world, and the religious control of the world from, from those three independent cities. Wow, I do. You would do, right? wouldn't you? Right. And, but then it also tells us that th this empire is going to collapse. And the merchants will wail. <laughs> the merchants will wail when this uh, empire collapses. And the cities and the ships and the trucks and the merchandise are all going to burn. That's, how, that's, that's what the book of Revelation says. It's all going to burn. Now, why would it burn? Well, uh, let's go back to Venezuela. When the, when the starving people get angry enough, some of them will become irrational and start setting fires to what they perceive to be the enemy, their enemies. Mm -hmm. Okay? Now we're talking sabotage by the people who... Now, here, here's the irony of all this. The welfare state, here's the other side of it, the welfare warfare state. And we've been talking about more of the warfare state. But also what the bankers do is they're the ones who created the welfare state. Now, why would bankers create a welfare state? Well, it's to, to make sure that the people, the recipients of the welfare check, keep voting the same people into power, right? Okay? That's the same the kind of people, the same kind of people that support their welfare, right? Right, and the, those are the people who vote for Obama and for Hillary Clinton and Bernie Sanders. They're simply being manipulated by the bankers uh, with this fiat money to keep voting these same people back into power, okay? So now if this domino effect has indeed started, and it looks like it has, uh, it's just a matter of time before it affects America. 
and, and Europe and, mm-hmm. the, and the so-called Western democracies because what, what happened in China? So what happens if the third world nations collapse? Well, who buys our stuff? Whatever stuff <laughs> we have left to sell. Well, that, that market is going to disappear. Yeah. If Mexico collapses, all the cheap labor that the international corporations have been using to make their stuff, well, they're not going to be there. So you're going to have tremendous social chaos in nation after nation after nation, and this is going to fuel the collapse of the Federal Reserve vote. Yeah, going to be because all based on funny money. Well, that's the silver lining in the collapse, huh? For us, right? <laughs> and that's what we talked about at today's meeting. That we have to be very careful and prepare, prepare mm-hmm. for this eventuality. And uh, I don't know if you want to talk about that uh, that company. I don't know if you talked about it during the first hour of the show. But uh, in the meantime, between now and while all this is collapsing. Uh, it is good to have gold and silver because there will be an interim period where gold and silver will buy you stuff where paper money will not. Yeah. Okay. I agree. I agree. Yeah. And so then at that point in time, gold and silver will be more than valuable. They'll they'll probably quadruple, quintuple, and maybe a hundred thousand times more valuable than they are today because people will still accept gold and silver as money, even in the worst of times. And that's okay. when you buy a whole bunch of commodities to eat, right? <laughs> right, but not commodities on the stock exchange. <laughs> no, no, no. You, you get you, commodities, you, yes. <laughs> you have them deliver it to your silo if that's you've got true. one, right? Yeah, because some people, when you say commodities, they think stock market, right? <laughs> oh, yeah, that's true. That's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, right. Eli, why don't you explain what we uh, have been, what why we've been together, what we've been doing, and and. Uh, yeah. And sharing, uh, we've got you know about fifteen minutes or so, and well, I think they'd be interested in knowing what, why you're yeah. in the Ozarks and stuff. So right, well, uh, yeah, we're here for the Feast of Pentecost, you know, number one. But uh, our, our general uh, thrust, the reason why you and I are on the radio, and why we have Eurofolk Radio, and why we have all of these patriots on internet internet radio. Second Amendment uh, terrorists, right, <laughs> is to warn the people to be prepared for this collapse. Because, you know, fiat money, every, every society in history that has resorted to fiat money to, uh, you know, uh, run its economy has collapsed. Every single one. French Revolution is a perfect example of it. Okay. The French Revolution was run by, it was a, let's call it a democratic uh, government, but they started out on a, a, an expeditious form of deficit spending by hyperinflating their currency, okay? And for some reason, the government could never accomplish what it wanted to accomplish by all this deficit spending and hyperinflation. And it got to the point where the, the people of France got so fed up with the government that, uh, well, they started killing. <laughs> and that's called the reign of terror. Okay? That was the reign of terror. So all the people who were promising the French people, all the government officials, who were promising a paradise on earth to the French people because 
money was so free and easy, right? They didn't know about inflation. The people didn't know about inflation and that uh, every time you issue more paper money, the less value it has. That's why it's called inflation, okay? Mm -hmm. The actual value of the money declines every time you print another notes, okay? So this destabilizes the government because the people get restless. The money that you pay them at your work or the government check they get no longer buys what it did yesterday. And, of course, the hyperinflation in Germany, you had to literally have a wheelbarrow full of cash to buy a single loaf of bread. Wow. Okay. Wow. Well, right. you know, you, you sent an email out not too long ago, and it had you discussed the triangle of safety, which we talked right. about in our meetings yeah. Uh, yeah. yesterday and today. Why don't you tell us a little bit, tell the listeners a little bit right. about that. Okay, well, this is primarily for the identity audience and uh, for patriots. Uh, Ground crew people, most, right? Yeah, uh, 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 the, the right-wing conservative coup terrorists, uh, neo-Nazis, right, that the, that the Jews always demean us by. But it's the Jews that are causing all these problems. Most Americans don't realize it's the Jews causing these problems. Well, mm-hmm. Whatever they feel about it is, uh, our advice to them is get away from the coasts that we have, you know, the eastern and western coast, and we have the Gulf Coast. The further away you are from these coasts, the closer you will be to stable geological areas. Because uh, my personal opinion, the, the Bible does predict there shall be earthquakes in diverse places, and there shall be thunders and lightnings and storms. And we've had an increase in all of these things. The, the weather, for example, in Chicago, the last couple of years has been very strange. It's you know, it's been hot one day, cold the next. Hot one day, cold the next. And this is very unusual. Usually we have three, four days of cool weather. And we're talking about transitioning from winter to spring. And then maybe a few days of hot weather and a few days of cold weather. But it gradually gets warmer and warmer as we ease into summer. But the last two years, we've had these changes coming more rapidly day after day after day. So, for example, uh, when I first drove down, to the Ozarks, it was 86 degrees. The day before that, it was in the 50s. And the day before that, it was in the 70s. And the day before that, it was in the 50s. It's just going up and down. It usually fronts are big, and as they move through, it takes a few days for the, front to move, for the hot front to move through and for the cold front to follow. But this is day after day, up and down. This is what's causing this. This is very unnatural. And uh, as we discussed, uh, I believe what's happening is HARP and CERN are deliberately manipulating our weather in order to destabilize everything. And here's what the plan is, Doc. I believe that they are going to deliberately cause earthquakes and tidal waves on the East Coast and the West Coast. And all kinds of havoc is going to ensue. But the government is going to use that havoc as an excuse to declare martial law. Okay? Okay. Okay. So in other words, a quote-unquote natural disaster will, and everybody will be crying, okay, the government's got to intervene. We have all these people suffering and drowning and getting hurt and blah, blah, blah. 
right? So the people themselves will now be asking for government intervention. So rather than attack us, rather than attack the gun owners directly, right, while they have their guns aimed and prepared for federales that they mistrust or even hate, and believe me, the gun owners of America do not trust the federal government anymore. That, those days are now, over. that's not the organization called the Gun Owners of America. You're talking about the people that have guns in America. Exactly. Okay. All gun-owning Americas. And that, and that is uh, basically your conservatives. The liberals are clueless. The liberals <laughs> are utterly clueless about all of oh, this. It's, yeah. it's, the coup, it's in the Kool-Aid, Eli. It's the yeah, Kool-Aid. Yeah, yeah. yeah, whatever the Kool-Aid they drink when they go to college, <laughs> right? <laughs> that destroys their minds. So, but the, the common people who own guns and know that the self-defense is a right and it's confirmed by the U.S. Constitution and the Second Amendment, they know that the government is deliberately trying to disarm them. They're not having any. So the, the government's going to stage a quote-unquote natural disaster, which will give them to ex, an excuse to declare martial law. And at that point, they will say, well, you've got to turn on your, in your guns because we don't want the violence to escalate. Well, that's the last thing every American should do. You better keep your gun. Do not trust the government, okay? Now, this tri- this golden triangle, or Yahweh's triangle, as we call it, is centered on Chicago in the north, uh, Knoxville, Tennessee in the east, and Dallas in the west. And the reason why is we have uh, pockets of identity believers, true patriots, uh, gun-believing, uh, self-defense-believing patriots. They're not always identity, but there are a lot of identity people in these areas. Mm-hmm. And so, and, but plus also, the main reason for choosing this area, and you, you, you can talk maybe 100 or even 200 miles outside of this triangle okay. and still be stable uh, because of the geological stability of this area. Okay? You're talking about very old mountains, even the uh, Appalachian Mountains are very old, very old indeed. Uh, yeah, and, yeah. And the only rupture in this system is the New Madrid mm-hmm. Fault, okay? Right, right. And so if the New Madrid Fault slips, it might change the course of the Mississippi River. Maybe the Great Lakes will, you know, spill over into the prairie south of Chicago. Uh, but for for the vast majority of the people in this area, it'll be geologically stable. Sure. Now, the difference on the West Coast is you got the San Andreas Fault and tidal waves washing over the, the plains, the, the plains off the uh, Pacific Coast. That's where, guess what? That's where most of the population of California is. Yeah, we're on the West okay. Coast anyway, yeah. Now, let's talk about the East Coast. Up and down the East Coast, that's where the vast majority of the people in the eastern states live. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you could you could say basically up uh, uh, just north as it thins out going into you know uh, past New Hampshire you could stop but go on down through New Jersey and uh, that whole corridor there with yeah the D.C. the New York the Jersey the whole that that would that would be devastating. Right. So if tidal waves hit the the east coast and the west coast, oh. Oh, 20, 30 be, million people? That'd be millions. Die? Millions, yeah. wouldn't it? Yeah. Oh, I hate to think of it, Eli. 
Right, right. So, the, well, so you're yeah. saying get out of that area and go to get these? Out of that area. Right. Okay, get in the triangle, huh? So if, if if you live in New York City, let's say, and you're one of those uh, people who left the farm to seek fame and fortune in New York City, uh, <laughs> be prepared to move back to the, your farm in Pennsylvania. Or whatever. Okay. Huh? Yeah. Because okay. you can still grow food there. There might be a river <laughs> right nearby where you get water. Might be, might be a new one, huh? Right. And I, and I know, yeah, exactly. And I know that in Pennsylvania, the last time I was there, I drove home on Route 6, because Route 6 goes coast to coast. And alongside the road, uh, I witnessed several occasions where fathers were giving target practices to their sons and daughters (laughs) over a few yards off the highway. Oh, that's interesting. Right? (laughs) Wow. That's that's, that's. Yeah, <laughs> that's a very interesting. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And I saw this on several occasions. Yeah, the, the, the father and his children were out there taking target practice, of course, parallel to the highway, right? Not, not, not perpendicular to the highway like it happens in Chicago, right? <laughs> the so-called gun-free zone, right? Okay. So these liberals are such hypocrites. They want to take our guns away, but they do nothing to take guns away from the ghetto blasters. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Absolutely nothing. Okay. So this is my assessment and it's going to be driven by economic collapse. And the, and the reason why the feds are going to have to stage some sort of fake natural disaster is because they don't want it to be blamed on the banksters. Mm. Okay. All right. Well, it's going to collapse the banks whether they like it or not, I think. Right. Yeah. And uh, so this is going to uh, shake, the, the whole earth will shake. The Bible says the earth will uh, stumble to and fro like a drunkard. Well, that's starting to sound a lot like this pretty apocalyptic stuff in the web box. Yeah, it, it, you know? it sure is. It sure yeah. is. Yeah, man. Uh, how much time have we got left? Oh, we've got five, ten minutes. Okay. Yeah, so uh, and this, this concerns HARP. And CERN, because everybody who knows anything about HARP knows that they they deflected Hurricane Katrina. Hurricane Katrina was going into the Gulf from the Atlantic Ocean, and it made a sharp right turn directly at New Orleans. Okay. Oh yeah, I remember Hurricanes that. Don't do that. Hurricanes don't make sharp right turns. <laughs> they, they 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 follow like a sine wave pattern. If they make turns at all. It's like a sine wave. And it usually, they, if they come ashore, then they usually get pushed out uh, away and back into the ocean, or they just dissipate, okay? Never do they make a sharp right turn like Hurricane Katrina did. And we know also that the uh, the tsunami at Aceh, it was yeah, Christmas yeah. Day. Uh, what, I forget what year that was. I think it was 2008. It was that, somewhere around believe, there, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I believe it was triggered by a HARP incident. The, the Fukushima tsunami was triggered by HARP. Uh, it could have been triggered by a nuke, an underwater nuke, all right? But whatever mm-hmm. means they use, they, they could use, they could set off a bunch of nukes off the east coast and the west coast underwater. Ooh, that'd set that off. That'd be a nasty one. Oh, that'd yeah. be nasty, man. It would. It would. But because... 
the banksters don't want to lose power, they will use every device imaginable to maintain power. And so create absolute chaos. And because most of the people are clueless that this is how evil and corrupt both the government and the bankers and the corporations are, they will believe it when they think, when they're told it's a natural disaster. But, you know, Sandy Hoax was not a, <laughs> Sandy Hoax was a staged event. The government staged it to try to take our guns away. The Boston Fakeathon, uh, Columbine, uh, Ferguson, uh, Baltimore, all of these incidents were staged by Jews, very wealthy Jews, and George Soros got caught because he hired a lot of black people to stage riots, and he told them that he's going to pay them such and such amount of money, and when he failed to pay them for being crisis actors and or demonstrators, they set up a website saying, give us our money, George. <laughs> right? Oh, geez. Oh, geez. Right. Okay. I didn't, I didn't know that. Dealing with, folks. This is what we're dealing with. So what's your thoughts? It sounds like we're, the stage is set for the last few volleys that are going to be thrown on us. Right. And it, it sounds like they think they're going to win when it's going to backfire and they're going to collapse. And uh, well, so we're really going to be in a uh, uh, – and uh, we're right there, it sounds like. Yeah. Well, in reality – well, they're in a major damage control mode right now. Uh, when they when they did 9/11, when they did 9/11, they set upon an irreversible course, okay, to keep trying to fool the people that the banksters, the Jewish banksters, the ADL, the Mossad are not responsible. They kept uh, trying to blame Arabs with box cutters. Anybody with a half a brain can tell you there's no way these Arabs could have done this. This was a very sophisticated operation with very sophisticated detonation devices, et cetera, et cetera, okay? And everywhere you look, there were Jews involved in it, you know, from uh, Larry Silverstein down to the Israelis uh, taking a video in the truck across the Hudson River, okay? Well, remember remember who was supposed to be uh, in charge of the, uh, what, what do they call that, the, uh, oh, hold the, the, the 911 report or official investigation? It was going to be run and uh, managed by Henry Kissinger, and then all of a sudden they pulled him out. I wonder why they do that. Yeah, good question, but I can guarantee you he was replaced with another Jew. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> well, maybe yeah, it was because – maybe it was because – yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, it's crazy. Yeah. It's absolutely yeah. well, Eli. It's been good. Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit uh, more? Uh, anything else planned, like you've done in the Ozarks uh, yet this no, summer? Going to be coming up? No, we're just going to keep promoting the idea and the reason why it's a necessity. And uh, so, uh, if people, let's put it this way: if there are any real conservatives left on the East Coast and West Coast and Gulf Coast, I know on the Gulf Coast there are a lot of conservatives. You know, Louisiana, mm. Mississippi, you know, Alabama, those are very conservative states. And Texas, very conservative states. Uh, but even they need to understand that uh, a tsunami could well, run maybe 20, 30 miles inland and devastate the territory. It may even be more, yeah. many more miles than that, all right? So uh, those people who, who are at least have half a brain and can see 
that the government cannot be trusted, that uh, they, they need to get ready. They need to prepare for what's coming. Right. Okay. You know, we had that. There was a, a gentleman from California getting ready to move. He was at the meetings. Right. Eli, people, we've got people from both coasts. Right. Uh, and, and if they want more, you know, clarity or maybe more thoughts uh, from you about this, how could they get a hold of you? Well, my email address is elijames at att.net. Okay. And for and for information on Bible prophecy and you know the biblical perspective on what's happening in the world today, my website is www.anglo-saxonisrael.com. Let me repeat that: www.anglo-saxonisrael.com. And of course, there's eurofolkradio.com as well. Hey, before you go, we had somebody interested in finding out, how do you get to the archives at Eurofolk Radio? Well, we they are still available, I believe, on TalkShoe. Uh, so you go to TalkShoe.com, Eurofolk Radio. Oh, okay. okay. And the archives will be available there. But uh, uh, TalkShoe has reached, recently been purchased by another entity, and so I'm not sure how long those archives are going to be available. They might erase all that stuff, right? Uh, we do have a YouTube channel as well, so it's Eurofolk Radio. Uh, I'm sorry, youtube.com slash Eurofolk Radio. There's a, a smaller number of uh, articles and videos. They have a lot of videos there as well available uh, for people to look at. Okay. And, and you're, on, and you, and you're yeah, on All News Network uh, when it's running. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and also on freedomslips.com which is a more broad spectrum. Uh, it's not just conservatives. There's kind of, uh, you know, there, there's kind of a left Some woo. There was some woo-woo out there on that uh, network. Yeah, yeah, yeah. there was some woo-woo on, on com, but also <laughs> most of them don't trust the government either. Well, okay? no, those guys don't, you know. Yeah, okay. Well, that sounds so, good. So give yeah. us your email one more time. Yeah, it's elijames at att.net. And uh, archives on your folk radio folks, go to uh, TalkShoeRadio.com, and then just do a search for Euro Folk Radio, yeah, yeah, and you should find the archives for right now. Right. It's, yeah. it's, it's been really good, and uh, I've appreciated my uh, uh, time with you this weekend, and uh, we really had yeah. a, a very, very, an, a very very good uh i guess we could say um one fellowship uh, yesterday and uh, breaking bread and uh and having bible study talking about these all all these things and of course today we did a little bit more we were at a coffee shop and yeah. believe yeah, it or not at a health yeah, at a health food store yeah uh today's so uh yeah, people all over yeah, yeah. the world are getting getting wise to what's going on yeah they were out of yeah. out of the country. Yes. All right. All right. Uh, when you, when are you on the radio next? <clears throat> uh, Thursday night on Master Plan uh, All News Network. If it's running, if not, <laughs> it'll be strictly on Eurofolk Radio. All Thursday, right. We can catch you on 9 p.m. Eastern time. I might end, if we don't get the Eurofolk back. I might have to try and get Euro. I mean, uh, Euro. If we don't all get news. all news back. I might have to. See about getting yeah. Eurofolk going. Yeah, it's been a, it's okay. been a good it's been good. Eli, you have a, a safe trip. You're not completely gone, of course. You're yeah. just a little north of me, uh, visiting yeah. uh, some more. But um, 
you you have a safe trip. Thank you very much, Doc, and Yahweh bless. Bye-bye. Thank you. Thank you, Eli. Well, that's Eli James, and uh, lots going on down here in uh, Patriotville, if you want to call it that. Uh, It's very, very interesting discussions. Uh, Yes, we went over all these projects that we've been talking about on on the uh, Waterman Files, and uh, we went through things that we'd like to go through, too, with you when we get together. All right. If you have any, course, questions, comments, uh, make sure you get in, uh, get a hold of us. It's been our pleasure being with you. And no, I will. I do not have that audio in. So hey, why don't we just play what we played earlier as we as we leave the project uh, the broadcast? I will be back 7 p.m. Eastern time tomorrow. And uh, I'll brush my new teeth, and we'll be. Be ready to go. (laughs) Bye-bye.
Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group. No purchase necessary. Avoid where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.